This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're on your smart speaker as well. However you found us on this Thursday afternoon, we're glad you did. He is Gabe Neitzel in the uh, ESPN Milwaukee offices. He's our regional manager there in the Midwest, and it was so funny. I'm Randy Scott here in, in Bristol, Connecticut, but Gabe, who does mornings, 94.5 FM there on ESPN Milwaukee with Mark Chamura and, and Jen Latta, uh, we're sitting here comparing notes just about how awfully cold it's going to be here on the East Coast uh, tomorrow and into Saturday. Like temps, you know, the wind chills like minus 30. And he's just he's like, yeah, yeah. Like it's like you didn't blink. We're sitting here lamenting like we got to run our pipes in our houses. We got to keep a low drip going and whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's February in Wisconsin. We're good. Yeah, we yeah. get those. We get those temperatures. We're fine. Yeah, it happens for about a week at a time, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then when it gets up to like six degrees, you celebrate because that feels, <laughs> let me tell you, after a week of, you know, between 20 yeah. and 30 below, six feels very balmy at that point. <laughs> You're going outside in T-shirts. Well, we it spoke in the first hour uh, about this situation. We, we took, You know what? We took the temperature of the quarterback room for the San Francisco 49ers. And we were running through some of the names of Trey Lance and Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. And it just seems like there are more questions than answers to be sure. So let's welcome in Nick Wagner, our ESP. And 49ers reporter joining us as all guests do 888-729-3776 it's 888-SAY-ESPN and uh yeah we'll just we can we can make this like the like 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 a morning show weather guy just now now we'll look at the temperature <laughs> in your neck of the woods what's okay are you in san francisco proper are you in the are you, are you out by the bay what's going on with you uh, i'm in i'm in silicon valley which is why it's embarrassing we were having phone problems earlier you can't lose to the technology when you live here and i took a big <laughs> l earlier so apologize for the delay here fellas now san francisco is the one place where it's oh, i've been where it's been warmer in like february march than it was in july when i was doing the touristy <laughs> thing going around uh going around alcatraz but uh, honestly nick we're, we're running through the quarterbacks and we're like okay uh it doesn't sound like jimmy's gonna be there Trey Lance is such a massive question mark. Brock Purdy's not going to be able to throw a football for, what, six months? If you were to assess the quarterback situation right now with this team, how would you describe it? Uh, I would describe it the same way I have for going on like four or five years now, which is, like you said, huge question marks. But, look, I think as we sit here right now, and Kyle Shanahan said yesterday, the plan is going to be be comfortable with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, uh, obviously both coming off of injury. So there's inherent risk that goes with that. And then add a veteran. They're going to have to add somebody, guys, just because they can't get through an entire offseason program with just Trey Lance. So I think you're probably looking at someone in that mid-level veteran market, whether that's an Andy Dalton or a Teddy Bridgewater or uh, Jacoby Brissett, one of those types of names. But in terms of big game hunting, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the one name that obviously everybody connected to them that I think was realistic, uh, at least as a possibility, was Tom Brady. You know, there was obviously a lot of connections there. The 49ers passed on the opportunity to sign him after the 2019 season. Regretfully, of course, uh, as Kyle Shanahan has made clear. But I think that just as we sit here right now, there's not an obvious solution outside of the building that they can realistically attain. You know, we can talk about all the names that are out there, but realistically when it comes to the salary cap, when it comes to trade assets, when it comes to, you know, trying to make other guys fit into the salary cap, the pieces of the puzzle that don't fit, which is why I think a big part of the reason why you're hearing Kyle Shanahan say, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, I'm content with those guys. I also think, guys, that they view Brock Purdy as their starter so long as he has that six-month recovery, does the repair instead of the Tommy John reconstruction uh, that puts him back right around the start of training camp. And then he would kind of be the leader in the clubhouse, of course, depending on what kind of offseason Trey Lance has, too. 
So you don't th- see them kind of sniffing around the Aaron Rodgers saga should Aaron Rodgers decide he wants to move on? Because I think there was some interest from San Francisco when this whole thing started uh, back on yeah. draft day of 2021 when Schefter reported that Rodgers did not want to be in Green Bay. Yeah, I ha- I, I never say never with anything in the NFL, guys, because we see crazy stuff happen all the time. But I just have a really hard time seeing how it would work for a number of reasons. Number one, and Adam Schefter has reported this, the Packers don't seem inclined to trade Aaron Rodgers within the NFC at all. Um, but trading him to a team that has consistently kind of given the Packers problems, uh, been a roadblock for them to get to the Super Bowl, uh, I don't think is, is something that they would even consider. And I guess there's a, a world where you could make an offer big enough to do that, which then brings me to the Niners, who have basically no picks. Like the, their, their first picks coming up in this draft are compensatory third-round picks uh, based on some of the hirings of, of their staff members over the last few years. So there's nothing that way. From a cap standpoint, Aaron Rodgers' contract, I mean, obviously there's always ways you could fix it, but 49ers are about to pay Nick Bosa. They're going to make him the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history probably around August, I would say, late July. That's going to happen. They have other players that they need to take care of. It's just really hard for me to see how they those sides can make it work. Again, I never say never, but that one just feels like a long shot for all those reasons. Okay, so if you're assessing a non-quarterback storyline, or a non-quarterback issue that this team has to address, or just as the biggest threat to their consistency out there in the NFC West, where are you looking? Yeah, I mean, aside from injuries, which is true for every team, but uh, quarterback injuries for this team in particular has been a thing. I was talking to George Kittle the other day, and he, he said, you know, he basically, before I could even ask him the question, started ripping off all the quarterbacks he's played with in his time here. Other than 2019, he has not had one quarterback take him through an entire season um, and has had multiple two or three or more in just about all those years. But other than that, I think the offensive line, which is maybe tied into that quarterback injury situation, Mike McGlinchey, their right tackle, is a free agent. I think it's going to be very difficult. But again, trying to make these puzzle pieces fit within the cap to bring him back because he's going to get a nice deal out there. The interior of that line at center, their starting center is a free agent. Their right guard situation, they had a couple of rotating guys, one of whom is also a free agent this year. So that is the thing. And if you're talking about we want to keep our quarterbacks healthy moving forward, that seems like a good place to start, guys. So all of it kind of ties up together, but I'm definitely keeping an eye out on what they do up front. I know they said it, and Shanahan said it in his press conference this week, that he doesn't see a way forward with Jimmy Garoppolo, but... I kind of felt the same way last year, and he still ended up somehow with San Francisco. I understand it's different because he was actually under contract and they couldn't find right. any takers uh, via trade. But it is done for sure. We're, we're sure of that this time, right? I definitely feel more confident this year than I, than I did last year that it was done. Uh, first of all, Kyle, I, like, there, Kyle Shanahan was never as just transparent as he was yesterday, and that was me that asked him the question. And I even followed up and said Garoppolo, just to be sure, because Jimmy Ward is also a free agent. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think that that's, I think that's kind of the situation that they're in. Like, there's there's two sides to this, right? If you look at it from the Garoppolo side. The guys, the supply and demand situation at quarterback, we know what it's been for so long in the NFL, but this year in particular, you've got a bunch of teams that need a quarterback and not a lot of obvious solutions. Now, last year we saw kind of a similar thing and it played out really different because a lot of big names ended up getting traded. I don't know that that's going to happen this year. So I think Garoppolo is going to have a big market. His price tag is going to go well beyond, again, what we're talking about, the Niners making pieces fit within the salary cap structure. I think that's going to make it really tough for them to bring him back, even if they wanted to. But the other thing, guys, is 
You know, what do they say about the definition of insanity is, you know, doing the same thing over and over, <laughs> expecting a different result. And you, if you're, if the thing that is ending your season every year is quarterback injuries, then why would you once again hit your wagon to the guy who just simply can't stay healthy? And that's not trying to knock Jimmy Garoppolo. They've had a lot of success with him under center. But at the end of the day, you just can't keep going down that road over and over again and hoping that, oh, you know, wishing and hoping that he's going to stay healthy. That's not a strategy, guys. Wondering if the same could be said about Trey Lance, but maybe it's too early in his career. Yeah. Just yet. Just yet. Too early in his career to have the same uh, concerns. That's Nick Wagner, our ESPN 49ers reporter. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for for surviving the Silicon Valley tech (laughs) issues and dialing in with us. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Tell me about Tom Brady, the quarterback. What are your strengths? Well, everybody tells me I have a pretty strong arm, which is which is good. I'm pretty accurate with it. Pretty good work ethic, so, so I think I can get the job done. And What are you willing to give up to be the best you can be? In the end, my life focused on football. Fast forward 21 years. Fox win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, you are the GOAT. I think we knew this was going to happen tonight, didn't we? (laughs) Oh, man. We played one of my favorite songs out of one of my least favorite athletes of all time. <laughs> Just really conflicting ideologies I know, here. I know. Golly. All right, so that is Tom Brady. And I can I can see Brady sitting on metal risers next to like a high school football field having that interview with that reporter where he's like, what's your uh, recruiting profile? And he's like, well, I've been told I have a pretty strong arm. And Brady has always, it's funny, he still to this day uses the word so as a placeholder in conversations, like he buys time by saying so, and then kind of lays out and figures out what his next uh, his next sentence is going to be. But that is the end of an era. We think finally, definitively, officially, conclusively uh, that Tom Brady has called it a career after 23 seasons. And so using that as a moving on point, as we continue our conversation about the goats in all sports uh, since 2000, Tom Brady's rookie year. And you can call in 888-729-3776 to join that conversation. But with the NFL specifically in our focus here, Gabe Neitzel, with Brady gone, who is now setting the standard for the next generation of quarterbacks? I mean, what are we talking about when it comes to next generation? Are we talking about guys that are somewhat established? Because Patrick Mahomes is still, despite all the success that he's had, and now him making his third Super Bowl appearance at the age of 27, I still consider him part of that new wave of quarterbacks. You know, he's not in, you know, he's not in the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. He's not in that. Like, I still look at him kind of being the guy Mm -hmm. and, you know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow trying to chase him down right now in the NFL. The fact that all three of those guys are in the same conference make the AFC look wildly impossible over the next three, four, five years. But to me, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's got the MVP. He's got the Super Bowl. He's playing in his third Super Bowl this year. I I would say it's Patrick Mahomes. I would say it's Patrick Mahomes as well. And I do put him, I think maybe there's just not a middle class of quarterback right now. Like they're they're for so long, the, the pillars of that position, Brady, Rogers, Rivers, 
Roethlisberger, Manning. They all kind of broke in around the same time, right? Rodgers being the youngest. His draft class was a few years after the 04 class, which was was Eli and, and Ben and Rivers. And and you go on down the line, obviously, back to Brady in 2000. But that class is gone now. And I think that's maybe that's, that's what it is. That generation of quarterback is gone. And then if you're looking late 20s, I don't see it, and I don't even put Mahomes in that group yet in terms of late 20s pushing 30, which is to say that for all that Patrick Mahomes has accomplished, he still has his prime out in front of him, at least at least age-wise. How, how, how we view the quarterback position, he is just now getting into his, you know, air quotes prime. So I would absolutely put Patrick Mahomes at the top of that list, and I think the quarterback position is in good hands. Now, ESPN Sal Palantonio was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and it to me, Gabe, he kind of went off script because this is not somebody that I would have put as setting the standard for the next generation of quarterbacks. But here is Sal Pal's answer. The guy who I think really is going to set the standard for that is Jalen Hurts. Well, Jalen is uh, as hard a worker as Tom Brady. Jalen is as driven and motivated as Tom Brady. Jalen is a great CEO of his football team, both on and off the field. He's very influential on players and coaches and management. And to see Jalen walk around and the way he carries himself, you know, it's, uh, you know, I was a naval officer. It's, it's like a captain on a ship. You know, he has that air of command uh, that everybody wants to follow. I could see, I could see that. Jalen Hurts is an old soul, right? Like he's a coach's, coach's son. You see him and how he commands a locker room, how he's been able to do this at a young age. Like, I, I see it from that perspective. I think you need more than one year like this one. And honestly, I think you need to be able to stay on the field for, for 16 games, 17 games. But, but you know, he has rebounded from the injury and has led this postseason push and has gotten them into the Super Bowl and the first in his career. So it's not far-fetched, but Gabe, I don't, I don't see him as setting the standard. No, I, I, I don't even know where he would fall if I were to do like a rankings of – because Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, they all get the attention. And and Josh Allen, I, I guess at this point, is the least accomplished of those because he hasn't been to a Super Bowl and Burrow's now done it in back-to-back years. But where do you even put somebody like Lamar Jackson, who's also just turning 26 about a month ago? Like I, yeah. I just don't, you know, where, where does Lamar fit into that? Because he's already won an MVP as well. So I, I'm with you. Like, it's great that Hurts had one great year. Can you do it again? The, the thing that made Tom Brady Tom Brady was the fact that he did it for 23 years and he held and maintained that level of excellence. We see quarterbacks pop up and have great seasons all the time. Heck, we didn't. it wasn't that long ago where we saw a quarterback pop up, a young quarterback, and have an unbelievable year in Philadelphia. Unfortunately for him, he got hurt and now he hasn't been the same. And Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz can't yep. maintain a job right now and yet, very similar to Jalen Hurts, was in an MVP conversation, leading a team to a Super Bowl. Now he got hurt and was unable to come back, where Hurts has been able to come back. But, you know, with with Jalen Hurts, yes, this is a great base. It's a great foundation. It's now building off of that. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Randy Scott in for the guys, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And that's it's just a tremendous point. This position can swing so wildly, so quickly. And I'm afraid that we might see it with Tua Tungavailoa right now through no fault of his own. It's the, the concussion issues that are now preventing him from, from participating in the Pro Bowl. But you're right. An injury can happen. That's what happened with Carson Wentz. He was never the same after breaking his leg and tearing up his knee. But he was having an MVP season to that point. I say it as a Raider fan. Derek Carr 
was having an MVP season in, in the 2016-17 season and got, had his legs snapped and hasn't been the same since then as well. It can change so much. And I think that's why Patrick Mahomes getting the contract that he did as quickly as he got it and continuing to deliver on it. That's what makes him, to me, like to the extent you can have longevity at a young age and consistency at a young age, he's had that. And to me, that makes him the standard. And his his father, also named Patrick. So Pat Mahomes, the former Major League Baseball pitcher, okay, was on Greeny, and he was talking about that historic start and that greatness and how it's even surprised the family. I didn't know it would be like this. I thought that uh, he would get here and it would take a little while for him to adjust. You know, he proved me wrong just like he's proved a lot of other people wrong by, you know, hitting the ground running. And and I knew once he got to that point that he would be okay because I know he was going to try to keep doing, you know, everything he could to improve. And he was put up in a great situation, you know, uh, get the chance to join a, a winning team, a winning organization with the way they do things and having the weapons and stuff that he had. And he was able to, to get adjusted to it real quick. And it's just been crazy, man. I mean, three Super Bowls, you know, in, in five years is pretty outstanding. I think that's it, too. And, and credit to the elder Mahomes there uh, for laying out the fact that the system deserves some credit as well. Because it's certainly, I don't know that, you know, if you drop if you drop Patrick Mahomes, you know, on the Jets at the time, if you drop him on on the Falcons at the time. You know what I mean? Like, he had to get with that. If he gets with Andy Reid, chances are at, le- at least the stats are going to be strong. Who knows about the postseason success? But at least he's he's in a, a system that would be tailored to his own skills, Gabe. Yeah, and, and I think Jalen Hurts, they've found a way to tailor that offense to him. If there's one thing that I think the Jacksonville Jaguars season can really remind us is especially when you're a young quarterback, how important having the right coach for you is. And you see the disaster that happened in Jacksonville last year. Then all of a sudden you get Doug Peterson, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, a guy who's developed young quarterbacks in the league and had success at it. Oh, suddenly Trevor Lawrence starts to look like the number one overall pick (laughs) and the prodigy that we thought that he was when he initially came into the league. And I'm hoping going forward that, that teams are realizing this. Oh, we've got a quarterback. That's it. Well, no, you got to have the right situation. There, there are so many young quarterbacks that I think come into the league, have the talent, but just don't have that right coach or system or support system around them where they keep kind of banging their head against the wall or teams keep firing offensive coordinators. They have to keep changing systems, and it just almost becomes impossible for some of these guys to have success in the league. How can you find consistency as a young quarterback when you were living through and playing through coaching inconsistency that early in your career. It's a tremendous point. We have Tyler Fulgham of the Daily Wager set to join us here with some Vegas perspective on the two teams remaining in the National Football League. Super Bowl 57, where to place your money. All that and more after this from Gabe from Vivid Seats. Football season is winding down. Basketball and hockey season, those are heating up. And nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash reward for terms and conditions. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. I like the smooth vibe. I do. This feels like the music you'd see at like a circular, like a bar in the round late night in a Vegas casino where people are playing video poker, just sitting there at the bar and you're just asking for your drinks and you just want a quiet spot to regroup or celebrate. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speaker. He is Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee 94.5 FM in the mornings there with Jen Latta and, and Mark Chamura. I'm Randy Scott, Sports Center AM here in Bristol, Connecticut, 7 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, he is Tyler Fulgham, and he has this beaten location department. I'll say that loudly. And he's why uh, that song evokes such memories of uh, a Vegas casino. He's our ESPN sports betting analyst there in Las Vegas and hosted the Daily Wager, which you can see nightly at uh, 6 p.m. Is that still 6 p.m. Eastern, Tyler? Yep, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, out here in Vegas. Want to make sure I drive people the right direction. Uh, Ahead of Super Bowl, now 10 days shy of Super Bowl 57. Uh, I think if if, if you were inclined to jump on the line early on, try to catch a little value in the first couple hours. Obviously, that window is closed. Uh, But I'm curious what action you're seeing or what action you're hearing from some of these books about the way the number has moved because it certainly looks like for the first time in the Mahomes era, uh, Kansas City likely going off as underdogs in a postseason game. Yeah, the initial move after Championship Sunday was kind of heavy on the Eagle because it kind of opened around Pick'em. Some shops here in Vegas open with the Chiefs as almost a field goal favorite too, two and a half points. And some respected books had the Chiefs as a favorite, and a lot of people jumped on the opportunity to get this Philadelphia team that looked so dominant um, throughout the season on both sides of the ball as an underdog. It moved to two, two and a half, and then the Chiefs money started to come back at that point. We've kind of settled right around the one, one and a half range. And I think that's probably where it's going to stay um, until we approach kickoff. Um, anything kind of under a field goal, either way, it's kind of a no man's land. Um, you know, what's the difference between, you know, one and a half to two and a half points when most games end, you know, either on that, you know, three, four, six, seven number. Um, we also have seen some move on the total, though. I think that may be a little more significant. The total uh, opened at 49 and a half. It was bet up to 51 yesterday. Now we've seen it drop a half point again at Caesars down to 50 and a half. Um, so the, the moves right now, the initial lean from the, the money that has moved the market 
has been on the uh, Eagle side and this game going over the total. Tyler, you're a smart guy. And when you're looking for, you know, a game or a prop that you want to place some of your own money on, you're looking to find a way to get an advantage. You're, you're doing all this research. But the Super Bowl is known for all these off-the-wall prop bets where you can bet up to and including what color Gatorade is going to be dumped on the winning coach. <laughs> Do you have one of those off-the-wall prop bets that you just like to have fun with each and every year? I, I, I Well, first, I'm not a smart man, but I do play one on TV. Um, and I, I I don't really do too many of the crazy, like, heads or tails. How long is the national anthem going over under, you know, two minutes and 12 seconds, the Gatorade. Um, I know a lot of just fringe football fans who are more so together for the party and the social aspect of Super Bowl Sunday. Um, they like to get involved in that. But, um, you know, call me a – Call me a dork, call me a square, call me a loser. I just like to go um, bet on things where I can try, try to find some type of, you know, statistical, mathematical advantage trend, something like that. But, uh, hey, I'm not here to, you know, jump Gatorade on anyone's head and, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, throw the damn towel on their party. If you want to bet that stuff, that's the beauty of why we legalize gambling in all of these states. You can have a little fun and, you know, throw some beer money, some pizza money at something crazy like heads or tails, the length of the – um, national anthem or some Gatorade? Like the the national anthem one is always tricky. It seems like somebody gets a lean, somebody gets inside knowledge, somebody you know uh, heard the sound check and oh it came in at two seventeen. So bet the over, whatever it is. That's always a fun one to pay attention to. He's Tyler Fulgham, our ESPN sports betting analyst, host of the Daily Wager. You can see that six p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, when you look at the MVP odds, and this doesn't feel as outlandish, so I can I, I feel I feel safe bringing it up because it lately, just like the actual MVP, it, it seems like a quarterback award, Tyler. So the the, the odds for Jalen Hurts plus one twenty five, uh, Patrick Mahomes is plus one thirty. It's the first time those odds have been shorter than plus 150, or rather plus 150 or shorter to win the Super Bowl MVP for both starting quarterbacks in the last 15 seasons. In your estimation, is there not enough value there to consider betting on it when you know that it's probably going to be a quarterback award, but the but the payoff is so short? Yeah, I, I think the, the value is not there with Jalen Hurts. I kind of think it's there with Patrick Mahomes because, I mean, let's just look at it this way. The Chiefs on the money line, if the Chiefs win the game, Okay, right now the money line is basically even money, you know, plus 100, plus 105. So what is the likelihood in your eyes that if the Chiefs win the game, Patrick Mahomes is not considered the most valuable person or most likely reason why? There is like a two, three, four, five percent outcome uh, that the Chiefs win the game, and it's not because of mostly Patrick Mahomes' contributions. I guess you could look at Travis Kelsey if he just, you know, has 200 yards and, you know, two of the three touchdown passes that Mahomes throws for. That could be something significant. But if the Chiefs win the game, there is a way, way better than 50% chance, way, way better than even 60%, 70% chance in my eyes that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. If the Eagles win the game, well, that's a different story with Jalen Hurts. Of course, he could have a big game, a couple rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown, but – we have seen in this postseason, Miles Sanders have two rushing touchdowns in a game. Uh, Kenny Gainwell run for 100 yards and some scores. We know Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are guys capable of going off for seven catches, 120 yards, and a score or two. And then their defense is so dynamic, and we've seen this happen before in the Super Bowl, that a guy that gets two or three sacks 
or creates a, you know, strip sack, fumble, scoop, and score, something like that, that's the type of player who could get um, some love. So for me, there's six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys who could win the MVP. Realistically, if the Eagles win the game, on the Chiefs side, there's really only one. Point two guys, and that's Patrick Mahomes and a small chance Kelsey just eats up all of Mahomes' passing production and could be that guy. Have you dug into any other props in terms of this game, Patrick Mahomes yep. passing yards or Kelsey receiving yards, any of those that you're, you're kind of eyeing up for the Super Bowl in a week and a half? Absolutely. Uh, we'll start with Patrick Mahomes. I, I do like his completion prop to go over 24 and a half kind of correlated, related to that. I like his passing yards uh, prop to go over 290 and a half. Usually we see Mahomes with a passing yards prop that starts with a three. It was, uh, it's already been bet up nine yards, so all the money is on it going over. And I just think with the Eagles' ability to put you in a hole early, and um, even though they're a great pass defense, Mahomes is the type of guy that if we give him 40, 45 dropbacks, Getting to 291 yards shouldn't be that difficult. Um, on the other side, I like Jalen Hurts to go over 31 and a half passing attempts um, because he, the Nick Sirianni has illustrated that he will tailor game plans specific to defenses, and this Kansas City defense um, is much easier to attack through the air. It's a pass funnel defense. They've given up a lot of production to wide receivers and quarterbacks. So I like uh, Mahomes to, or I'm sorry, Hurts to be airing the ball out at least 32 times. Related or correlated to that, I like Miles Sanders under 13.5 rushing attempts. There's obviously Gainwell and Boston Scott that he could split some carries with in the backfield. And like I said, I just think the Eagles are going to lean, despite their dominant run game, more into throwing against um, a Kansas City defense that might be without luxurious need. They're top cornerback as well. So um, as far as the kind of skill position players, Jarek McKinnon, I like him under his rushing yardage prop. Isaiah Pacheco is getting more opportunities as far as snaps, and um, he's getting more work in even the passing game, which is supposed to be Jarek McKinnon's role. I was kind of surprised McKinnon uh, was outsnapped by Pacheco given Mahomes' injury against the Bengals because McKinnon's regarded as the better pass protector. But no, it's Pacheco who got about two-thirds of the snaps. And on the other side, I like um, Devontae Smith. Uh, he just got the shorter or the lower threshold compared to A.J. Brown. It's hard to pick which wide receiver is going to go off, but the yardage prop for A.J. Brown, 70-71. It's 61-62 for Devontae Smith, so why not aim for the easier threshold, uh, even though that one's kind of a coin flip there. All right. You like the passing game, and you know what? That, that protects uh, Jalen Hurts as well, who's still dealing with a less than 100% shoulder. Maybe uh, won't be running as much or as often. He's Tyler Foljam, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, hosted the Daily Wager, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time over on the TV side. Tyler, we appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Always. All right, so Tyler's a big Rams fan, and he found himself rooting for the 49ers in solidarity, uh, solidarity with ESPN injury analyst and expert uh, Stefania Bell. And we bring that up because it dovetails nicely into what Micah Parsons is doing. We had a Cowboy star who's causing an uproar on social media out of support for a divisional rival. Is that okay with you? 888-729-3776 is the phone number. We'll dive into that. Canty and Carlin with Gabe and Randy and for the guys on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speaker, however you found us. We are glad you did on this Thursday afternoon into the evening. He's Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5 FM. You can hear him in the mornings. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With uh, Mark Chimura and, and Randy, or Randy Scott, Jim Latta. I'm Randy Scott. Sports Center AM, 7 a.m. Eastern. Uh, ESPN over on the on the TV side. Uh, I, you know, I assume this, Gabe, uh, but I, it's it's unwise to do so. Are you a, are you a, a Wisconsin sports everything through and through? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. All right. So that is that is that Badgers or Golden Eagles? Like if you, it's Golden Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's Golden Eagles. I'm on the uh, I do. I'm on the Golden Eagles side of things, especially with the number one ranked offense according to Kempom. But we don't have to get into that right now if you don't want to talk about one of the best offenses in college basketball. We don't have to. We don't have to get into that right now. That's, that's totally fine. Um, is there is there a natural? Let's see. Is there a natural rival? Like, what's the biggest rival for Marquette? So that's the thing right now with like the reformation of the Big East. It used to be Notre Dame for years, just because you had the two, you know, Catholic institutions so close to each other. But when Notre Dame left, and the Wisconsin game is big every year, but it's only one game. It doesn't happen within the conference. So I would say probably Wisconsin, just as a default answer, because it the Big East has just been so up and down with so many other teams other than Villanova, who's down for the first time in seemingly yeah. twenty years this year. Uh, so I would say Wisconsin. Yeah, Northwestern doesn't really have a blood feud with any other any other college. There are plenty of colleges that have it, though, right? I mean, Auburn, Alabama, and Army and Navy, and you know USC, UCLA on down the on down the line. I uh, look at the pros, and you kind of lose some of that rivalry, especially in the NFL. Uh, out, but the NFC East is is <laughs> the NFC East is a, is an exception to that rule. Nobody likes the Cowboys in that division. Nobody likes the Eagles in that division. There are people who can find uh, and certainly take issue with Giants fans and with Commanders fans, and it is. It I'm is not even an, sure if the Commanders like the Commanders. That fair. That is very fair. As they a got a lot of native, issues going on there in Washington. Sure do. Yep, the DC native will tell you that. Um, so I, that all sets the backdrop here because as as NFL players, as we move into the, the 2020s now, as there is a breaking down of rivalry among the players themselves, it, it truly does feel like the fans are the ones carrying the rivalry and carrying the you know sports hatred um you know amongst the fan bases but the players don't seem to care as much they they go to you know seven on seven camps together they they are in the same recruiting classes social media connects them uh, easier and better uh than it did in years past and as, that is the entirety of the backdrop for what Micah Parsons has done so the Cowboys defensive nightmare is still very much involved in the postseason in terms of watching it and he is cheering on the Eagles. He's cheering on Lane Johnson, to be more specific. He wished Lane Johnson luck in the Super Bowl. First, shouting him out for the uh, adductor, the torn adductor injury that Johnson's playing through. And uh, Johnson appreciated the love. And then Micah responds back and says, Love you, big bro. Keep going. Not many like you. Definitely not playing like you're healthy. Definitely not playing like you're healthy or with a torn groin. Go win a bowl for our division. 
and people yikes. hated that. Okay, yeah, okay, your reaction, yikes. Extrapolate on that. Why is that your first blush? So it, it's, it all comes down to me to the last sentence, because especially where I, I think everybody kind of knew it. But what, what, one of the things that happened in the DeMar Hamlin situation is you realized how much of a brotherhood it actually is for guys who play and are in the league. Just the outgoing of support. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show after and just talked about how emotional he got. Not really knowing DeMar Hamlin has a good relationship with Josh Allen because both are quarterbacks. But just, you know, that somebody who's in that brotherhood of the NFL players went through what DeMar Hamlin had to go through. So I understand the, that brotherhood. What I don't understand, Randy, is winning a bowl for the division. What are the Cowboys going to do? Hang a banner at AT AT&T Stadium saying (laughs) Eagles won the championship for the NFC East in 2023? That is the part I just do not understand. Yeah, it's not like in college where if you win a major bowl, that that prize money, for lack of a better word, that bowl money gets equally distributed among the rest of the teams in the conference. (laughs) You know, it's it's not Kentucky fans... You know, chanting S E C S E C. You know, because Florida does something well, or you know what I mean. Like it's that that does not happen in the NFL. But that is the difference in this age of player. And we're gonna play for you later on Canty and Carlin. Bart Scott today on Get Up was hilarious. Damian Woody was like, I don't see any reason why Micah Parsons should do this. Like it rubs that generation of football player of NFL player absolutely the wrong way. So we're going to play you Bart Scott's reaction a little bit later in the show. Uh, We'll also dive in to some NBA. We got LeBron moving closer to Kareem's all-time scoring record. The latest on his status for tonight as well, plus a statement win for the Celtics. He's Gabe Knights, I'm Randy Scott. In for the guys, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.